member of the Pod Riot Network. Let the riot begin. Podriot.com. Okay, wait. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! Badonkadonk. Badonkadonk. Is badonkadonk butt? Uh, yes, it's I think so. butt, right? What's junk in the trunk? Also butt. Unless you have a gunt. What's a gunt? <laughs> What's a gunt? It's when you're, you've got a belly. <laughs> a belly and punani. That all <laughs> looks like a that that sort of you can't tell uh, where one begins and the other ends. I didn't know that was possible. Are you serious? I think so. A gunt. Ask Link. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> We're learning stuff, new stuff every show. It's a literary show. <laughs> it is. Gunt. It's delightful, it's still lovely. It's disgusting. <laughs> You're listening to Air Out My Shorts. I'm Preston Buttons. I'm the word whore. What you drinking? I'm actually drinking some rum, although I've been laying off lately. Have you? Mm-hmm. Laying low? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying she- to get some stuff done that... Uh, Alcohol uh, doesn't facilitate very well. Ooh, so. like what? Like um, hand-eye coordination stuff? Uh, planning stuff. Oh, you need all your motor skills for that, do you? Mm-hmm. What kind of planning? Are you taking Schedu- over the world again? Scheduling my life. Are you trying to take over the world again? I'm always trying to take over the world. Are you still pretending you're Bond? <laughs> I am Bond. When I'm not Indiana Jones. If I'm in a suit, I'm Bond. If I'm in a leather jacket, I'm Indiana Jones. Why can't you be some sort of hybrid between the two? Well, you yeah. should throw in a third, just for good measure. I don't think the combination of the like the Bond Indiana Jones hybrid wouldn't be interesting enough. You need to throw in a third, like Urkel or something. Actually, <laughs> not bad. It's not bad. It's no. It would just come out being that Urkel alter ego that. I want you to throw in a third with you know some sort of superpower, because uh, it's unusual that you pick two very human heroes. Very you know they're just regular guys. There's nothing super fantastic, extraordinary. Okay, well Spider Man then would be. A- well, no Peter Parker. You could be Indiana Jones meets Bond meets Peter Parker. And then you throw in Chicken Little. <laughs> and people could figure out what you look like. Mm. Oh, and Jack Cassidy, of course. Of course. Mm. It's just a weird coincidence because over the holidays, uh, Angry Phone Guy came up with what he has decided is word whore batter, which consists of 
five different celebrities, five products, and a dash of something. And he's decided that it should be our next contest, that the listeners have to figure out what... Batter? Word whore batter. He's chosen things that you put in a blender that would make the word whore, and he thinks the listeners should have to guess what that is, Hmm. based on those clues. Five celebrities, five products, and a dash of something. The prize has got to be huge, because that's fucking hard. But we've almost assembled buttons batter. I'm throwing in Phil Collins. Sorry. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna ask Angry Phone Guy to come up with the buttons batter. I have so more that, hair than Phil Collins, so that we can do both. Although well, like, it's I've got his thin lips though. Yeah, but that's the thing. You basically, if there was a computer program that allowed you to put all of these things together and have it generate a being, that would be you. Hmm. I'll ask him to get on that. Okay. We'll have him finalize both recipes, and then we'll we'll put the challenge forth in the forum. <sighs> Theitsbot.com slash forums. Yes, 145 smarmy people all gathered together. Are they smarmy? Some of them are. I don't know if they're all that <laughs> smarmy. I think they're all quite delightful. No one in there has really offended me yet. Although there was somebody having some sort of ethnic cultural diatribe that I thought was getting a little dodgy. <laughs> what, the reinforcing stereotypes? like? Yes. Yeah, that was the thread. <laughs> I, I didn't read the whole thing, but I thought, hmm, this is odd. Why is this happening in our forum? It's because I said that just because I was a drunken Irishman had nothing to do with my heritage. That's all. <laughs> but it has everything to do with your heritage. No, that's stereotyping. I think some stereotypes exist for a reason. <laughs> The day I meet an Irishman who doesn't drink, I will change my mind. Or assume he is the one and only. I don't drink beer or whiskey, so I'm a bit of an anomaly. Yeah, there's something kind of wrong about that. Are you full Irish on both sides? Yep. Huh. Actually, I'm not I'm not Irish. I was born in Canada. Well, true. But uh, every, everyone in my family was born in Ireland except me. Are you sure there isn't a little Jamaican in there somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? My my father actually uh, sailed between England and Jamaica for a long time. But uh, oh, you gotta you gotta account for that rum somewhere. Hmm. Who knows? Hmm. Skeleton in the Buttons family closet, perhaps. Uh-huh. What kind of Irish name is Buttons anyway? Shouldn't uh, it be O Buttons? You would think. I think we should change it. Yeah. Does that mean that your family were button makers? Cute as button. Yeah, I'm sure that's where it came from. I'm sure that's where it came from. Have you been to Ireland? You have, right? Yeah, not in decades. So you haven't like gone and I haven't been as an proper adult proper Irish style. No, you should do not that. There, it might be the death of you, or we may never see you again. I don't know. The bars close at eleven, don't they? Yes. But don't people start like really early? Well, yeah, because the bars close at eleven, they all start drinking at five. I think earlier. Uh, well. Like maybe mm, all day. No, I think they close down in the afternoon so people don't, uh, they close down for lunch so (laughs) that people can't go get smashed and then go back to work. I don't know, but I think that's a trip you should take. You should, you should uh, get back to your roots. Do a pub crawl proper style. One of these days. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you probably remember this a little before Christmas, uh, an old, old friend came to visit me, and I hadn't seen him in like 
13, 14 years or something like that. So there was a lot of catching up and a lot of making up for lost drinking time and stuff. He started telling me about this this weird, obscure little travel drinking show that he appeared on. And he was totally downplaying it. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's just a really bizarre coincidence that we both ended up sort of being semi-professional drinking celebrities (laughs) drinking celebrities um because way back then that's that's all we ever did so it was like training for something so I, i was just sort of laughing and thinking that that was just a bizarre quirky funny coincidence um a couple of weeks later i received um three dvds in the mail and it's like a proper bbc series it's an actual show Yes. And the way he described it, it just seemed like something he did as a goof, you know? With a camcorder? Yeah. I mean, I just, he it was so out of context, the way he described it. And it's really fucking good. Yes, I saw a bit of it. And it is. It's excellent. What's it called? It's called Dom Jolly's Happy Hour, which is uh, weird, because I actually remember Dom. He came to visit my friend when he lived here. And, uh... He basically plays the role of Dom's sidekick or, or Dom Jolly's bitch on the show, which is just really fucking great. I think they should do another season because I think they should definitely explore Canada on Absolutely. the on the next installment and definitely make a stop to drink with the uh, Preston Buttons and the Word Whore. I think that's a great idea. Which, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah. UK listeners, uh, let us know if you've seen it. Dom Jolly's Happy Hour with uh, an old, 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 old friend of the word horse as Dom Jolly's bitch. Oh, drinking buddy. I think we went skinny dipping together once. Oh, I'm sure you did. I'm pretty sure I did too. There are pictures of it. <laughs> but I wouldn't There's, have known otherwise. Uh, I seem to remember that uh, pool uh, hopping was... Uh, Yes, we did. Common thing. We did a lot of pool hopping. A lot of breaking into pools, which I I don't recommend. No, especially after the last time you did it. Yes, I have the scars to prove it. Concrete bad. (laughs) (laughs) Bad. High, high sharp fence and concrete bad. (laughs) Bad. Yes. Anyway, uh, it was a a wonderful reunion and and a delightful treat to, uh, to see the show afterward. Uh, we should read a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enough shilling for some crazy show across the pond. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I was so damn excited. We have a story by Belinda. Hello, Mr. Buttons, Ms. Hoare. I've been listening to the show for a while, and I have to say that I'm quite fascinated and intrigued with your delightful podcast. Hmm, Delightful. Buttons, you are so super duper. I can hardly stand listening to your amazingness. Oh. Super duper. Someone was drunk. And <laughs> word horror, you're absolutely outstanding. And your luscious voice makes me all tingly. Ooh, Belinda. When I grow up, I want to be almost like you in every way possible. <laughs> when I grow up? <laughs> Damn. That's all right. You haven't grown up. Not really, but I'm honestly trying very hard to not have you guys hate me so much. Does that mean the story is nasty? (laughs) Attached is my story. 
I call it the masterpiece. Don't be fooled by the title. Don't worry, honey, we never are. It's probably not that good. Feel free to bash it as much as you want. <laughs> be nice to the female listeners. They're few and far between. Mm, it's true. Mutual admiration and love. Belinda. Belinda. I wonder if it's uh, Belinda Carlisle. Yeah, and when Belinda Carlisle grows up, she wants to be like me. I don't know. She lost all that weight. She did? She was chubby in the Go-Go's, and then 10 years and later she, she came out. And then she had the solo career. She yeah, but she always had that... like 40, 50 pounds That potential, you know, you can see it in the face. Yeah. The, the cheeks. Yeah, she's probably huge. I bet she's massive. Hey. The Masterpiece by Belinda. She sat at the computer desk trying to type out a masterpiece. So far, the only ideas that had come to her were that of a horribly trashy love novel and a faux memoir of a dying man. It was becoming more and more obvious to her, as she watched the time switch on the clock at the lower portion of her monitor, that she needed mental counseling. Do you think that you need mental counseling every time you have writer's block? All the time. Not even just limited to writer's block. Mm -hmm. Here it was, going on 2 a.m., and she was still up, staring at the dredges of a failing novel. Her mother was right. She hated it and pained her to admit it. But she was right. She should have just become a hairstylist. But no, she had to go to college and get a fancy degree in English literature. Did you write this? No. What? Oh, Brenda is what they... It's your alter ego. How many alter egos does one person need? <laughs> like it was doing her any good now. She could have been a successful hairstylist. She might have even had her own chain of hair parlors. But no, she had to have that damn degree in English literature and become a writer. What a stupid career move she had chosen. It's never too late. <laughs> <laughs> I never wanted to be a hairstylist. <laughs> it grosses me out the idea of playing with other people's hair. You get one of those Barbie heads and practice. No, I see, I was never interested in playing with the hair. Just trashing the face up. <laughs> it's almost as gross as being a dentist. Or a pedicurist. Yeah, I don't... I, I, I couldn't handle playing with people's hair all day. No, I would find it kind of gross. Yeah. It was 3.17 now, and she still had gotten nowhere with her story. After her little crisis over career moves, she had taken down the wine and had a glass. Well, two. And that had loosened her up and mellowed her out. The creative juices were really flowing now. She was typing at an intense rate. She had another glass to celebrate, and then another, and another. It seemed that alcohol and writing did mix. They mixed well. Oh, it's true. It's so true. There's something I can get behind. Yes. Me, too, also. As well. Yes. Soon she had typed out a whole page. She was going on, too. Now it was three pages, getting closer to four pages now. As she finished up her bottle of wine, she typed up the ending of her short story. She looked down at the tiny clock. The numbers had blurred together, and she thought she made out a five. Though, to be more honest, it was probably a six. She scanned over the blurring words. Satisfied with her work, she gave a happy burp and staggered off to bed. I like this broad. I do drunken writer. Mm -hmm. Oh, like you're not. Mm. 
a writer rose promptly at one with a massive headache. She absolutely hated to be hung over, but it was her own fault. And it wasn't as if she did it on a daily basis. Well, okay. Neither of, <laughs> neither of us can uh, make that claim. Groggily, she made her way into her kitchen to fix some form of breakfast. She had forgotten about her late-night writing spree until she was pouring a cup of orange juice and nibbling on a piece of toast. Rubbing her temple and nursing the orange juice, she wandered into her office, sat down in front of her computer, and rolled the mouse around till the screen came back to life. Scrolling up to the top, she began reading. It started out decent in the beginning, obviously before the drinks began, but as the pages stretched on, it was obvious the amount of drinks she had had. Words were spelled wrong and capitalized strangely. She shook her head sadly as she read on. Apparently, she had begun a saga of a homicidal, suicidal, and slightly erotic novel of a clown named Boris and his misadventures in a Midwest town. It was most undoubtedly clear that she needed psychiatric help or to quit drinking and writing. The two quite clearly just do not mix at all. She's turning on us. Yeah, you don't like her too much now, do you? No, but I, I am interested in reading the story about Boris in the Midwest town. Except for the fact that I hate clowns, I, th I think I'd really like it. Because if you're going to write something about a clown, I prefer that it's homicidal and suicidal. No. I'm not sure about the erotic part. Clowns don't really do it for me. It didn't cause her any anguish at all to delete the words. She had spent all night sloppily writing. In fact, it relieved a bit of her tension. She sighed as she deleted the last few sentences and pushed herself up from her computer chair. She needed a drink and needed one fast. <laughs> that was a quick turnaround. Yeah, <laughs> right back in our favor. She made her way back into her kitchen and rummaged around till she came up with another wine bottle. She got out the corkscrew and removed the cork. She took a quick swig and wandered back to her bed, wine bottle still in tow. Tonight she would have a fresh start at her written masterpiece, and she would be damned if she was going to be sober writing it. <laughs> it makes no sense! I love it! It's a masterpiece, and I'm glad she drank so heavily while writing it. <laughs> Thank you, Belinda. I love it. Buttons can go to hell. Shall we make a phone call? <laughs> yeah. Excellent! Hello? Peter Wilkins? Hello, It's the word whore, actually. Hey, it's the word whore, is it? Sorry. <laughs> yes, with Preston Buttons, and you're on the air. <laughs> How exciting. <laughs> Congratulations on your show this weekend. Well, thank you very much. How are you? Well, I'm very well. I'm, I was actually just reading your email and about to give you a very witty reply. But um, instead, I'm going to go and open a bottle of beer. That's a good <laughs> idea. What kind of beer will you be drinking? Well, actually, it's slightly um, weak beer from Mexico called Corona. But I just had um, a very fine bottle of Old Speckled Hen, which is from England, which is a real beer. Is that a popular beer in England? Uh, not wildly popular, I don't think. Uh, what kind of people drink, uh, what is it, speckled hen? Old speckled hen, I don't know, probably crusty old men who sit in the corners of pubs looking at things they perhaps shouldn't be looking at. <laughs> that sounds like my kind of beer. <laughs> I must have some sent over to you. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so what are you guys drinking this evening? I am drinking wine. Ooh. And it looks like Buttons is uh, drinking as usual, rum and coke. Yes. Do you, do you know, I never really liked rum and coke, and I couldn't understand it. It's too sugary for me. Exactly, and I think it gives you worse hangovers, but yeah. in Australia, everybody drank it. Really? Yeah, you drink beer all day, and then sort of in the evening, you move on to rum and coke. Well, for me, it was a, a transition from drinking coke as a as a kid to uh, mixing in a bit of alcohol and... A gradual progression, and so your drinks are getting stronger and stronger. Yes, they have over the years. Now they tend to be uh, quite strong. Yeah, exactly, with just a little bit of coke for colouring. Yes. But anyway, I quite like it now, so occasionally I, I have one if somebody's offering them. I say, oh yes, I'll have one. I mean, I've always said that, probably, but, um, <laughs> you know, now I do it with a bit more enthusiasm. Yeah. We actually spent uh, New Year's watching your videos. I don't know if the word whore told you that. Uh, no, I didn't name. tell him. I didn't tell him. We watched all three in a row. Uh, well, that's that. I feel very flattered and honored. It was very special. Yeah, well, no, I'm delighted that it was special. And, um, oh, and did you like it, the first bit of Miami where we're being a bit wide? And oh, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I was just, I was so disappointed because I was there at the time and I didn't know you were there. That's heartbreaking, isn't it? I know. I mean, you know, being that close, yet just not quite getting it together. I know. It would have been so funny for me to just walk by you guys in those suits on the street and go, uh... Are you, are you sure that you didn't walk by them it, on the street and go, oh, jeez. I know. I, I, who are those assholes? <laughs> God, not more morons. <laughs> Uh, Are you going to do another season? Well, apparently Dom's negotiating it all now in the UK. Well, make sure that Canada is on the agenda this well, time. I, I agree. I, I think we do need to um, address that entirely. Yeah. And actually, we need to try and get this lot shown on Canadian TV. Absolutely. Which apparently people are now working on. Fantastic. Like I went on CBC National News or something, which went out on the telly just before Christmas. So, you know, I caught about eight seconds of that. No, you didn't really? Yes. Because I thought it was just this big myth, but other people, I've been hearing weird stories that people have seen me all over the Canada. <laughs> I, uh, but as I say, I saw, I was literally, I was flipping through channels and I saw you and uh, then the segment ended. Oh, well, I don't, well, don't even know what you were talking about. Yeah, but Preston, you just made my day in the evening because it's quite eveningy now. Um, <laughs> eveningy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're on East Coast time. Exactly. Yeah, we're on Newfoundland time. So we're like not just an hour ahead of you, we're an hour and a half, which is extra special. <laughs> I will never understand how you ended up in Newfoundland. <laughs> well, no, I don't really, but I do because it was my wife. Yeah. Uh, the rest of that will make sense after that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I agree. You know, when we were skinny dipping and hanging out and teaching Pronto how to drink and party, <laughs> um, we would have put a lot of money that I wouldn't end up in Newfoundland. It wouldn't have even been in the running as a potential Not even future. as a remote outsider. <laughs> <laughs> And who knows, I maybe have to come back to Toronto more, and then we can party properly again. That would be good. Wouldn't it? Yeah, because I, I think we've both kept up with it over the years. And I think we have. I think we put in a brilliant performance. It was a suitable reunion. I think. But wasn't it? I think we held our own. I think we proved that we didn't age that badly. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, th I think we've all aged beautifully and immensely gracefully, I mean, especially you. Properly pickled. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Tell us about this show that you have next week. Oh, the art show. Well, I've done um, 
I've gone around Canada doing portraits of Canadian writers. I go and meet them and hang out with them and ask them lots of questions. And then I do a sort of video portrait on flat screen monitors. And I've done people like Margaret Atwood, Douglas Capeland, and Jan Martel, and Jane Urquhart, and... That's quite a roster. That's amazing. It is. It's, I've done 12 of them, and it's a re- and Alison McLeod, and... But Leonard Cohen said no. Yeah, but we, we try and keep, we keep that slightly secret, because oh, I didn't really sh- want him. Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted if, him. If he paid me lots and lots of money, would I do it? And I say, oh, I don't know, I don't think I can, actually. I still want him. If I come across him, which I probably won't be coming across him if I do meet him. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid I can't say the same. <laughs> I would say that the world <laughs> would be absolutely delighted to meet him. I would fall at his feet. Really? Yeah, he's uh, meant to have quite an aura about him. Uh, but, you know, and he's got to make money again now because he lost it all. Did he? Yes, yeah, so he had a naughty accountant or business partner who Ooh. ran away with all his money. <laughs> oh, I thought it was his wife that ran away with all his money. But she may have done that first, and then he had a business partner who ran away with the rest. Oh, I'd still do him. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's probably still worth doing. I mean, I probably won't do him. But, you know, I think, I, I, I think word off, absolutely. And he would fall for you immediately, you know. <laughs> What the hell were we talking about? Uh, Preston is a drummer from way back. And over the years, we are over the years. My God. Oh, over the year and a half we've been doing this show, we've had several of his bandmates on the phone as guests. Oh, this really? Is, Excellent. This is the first time we've had a word whore bandmate on the phone as a guest. Because we were a band. That's right. You were uh, part of the uh, legendary uh, Spooge, I believe. Yes, we were. And Tina, I just found. I was just, I had a quick look in one place. I just looked at another place. And do you know what I found? What did you find? <laughs> I found a Spooge tape. Shut up. <laughs> no, I have. <laughs> An actual cassette of us playing? Yeah, you know, an old, old school cassette. Oh, wow. my God. We'll have to make a copy of that. And I, I, I'm going to go and find a, a tape recorder later, and um, I'll convert it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sure it was horrendous. Well, oh, I don't know. I haven't listened to it. I'm sure we were brilliant. I believe we did some covers, and uh, you were uh, the, the primary lyricist. <laughs> Which is slightly worrying. <laughs> <laughs> there were lyrics? No, there were lyrics. Yeah, yeah there, were, oh, there were lyrics, weren't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there was that beautiful toothbrush song that you sang. And, and then we did a great cover. And then there was a song about one of my experiences in Tahiti. Right. I snugged a fucking man. Exactly. <laughs> it was your own personal crying game. It was my own personal crying game. And I believe it happened before the movie was released, so it was actually original content. I actually sold the script to mm. Neil Jordan. Um, but I forgot to put the invoice in it. <laughs> and I signed everything, and he just took it, and I, you know, and that was it. It really was very crying game-esque. Yeah, it was. It was one of those alarming moments. Uh, Preston, you may not know the whole story, but I was in a nightclub in Tahiti, and there was a very pretty DJ wearing a swimming costume with lovely breasts and sort of Levi's jeans. 
And I said, I'm going to, you know, I, I fancy her, I'm going to get her. Anyway, amazingly, I managed to get her, and I was kissing her in the DJ's booth, thinking, oh, my God, this is so cool. And then it said, do you want to know something? So I said, yes. And it goes, I'm a man. And I go, oh, you bollocks. I put my hand up between their legs, and there's a massive great hard on, so I get very frightened and run away. That's what's supposed to be one of those things where what happens in Tahiti stays in Tahiti. Yeah, but I quite quickly told people because I thought otherwise it could just filter out. Did you run away right away? Yeah, I did run away right away. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was reading the BBC's description of the show and it keeps calling you Dumb Jolly's companion. <laughs> <laughs> you may be reading too much into that. <laughs> I don't know. In some places, companion means... Hey, that could mean other things, yeah, yes? Absolutely. But I am certainly Dom's traveling companion. <laughs> but well, not in the way you may be insinuating. Oh, we've been calling you his bitch. Say <laughs> how nice, bitch. At <laughs> worst, I wouldn't call myself his bitch. But why isn't your name in the title? Well, exactly. Why is it my name in the title? If you notice, though, it is. It's very, very, very small and just in the title. Very small, though. You can <laughs> only just see it if you get really, you know, magnifying glass out. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't mind because I get to go around the world drinking and hanging out. And so, was it all expenses paid? Of course it was. And I was even paid to do it. Not massive amounts. Not a bad way to travel. Well, exactly. Yeah, and we stayed in nice hotels. Everything's paid for. And, you know, we walk into bars and I have what I want and give people drinks. I say, oh, yes, they're paying over there, which is absolutely great. It's a dream job. It is. It really is a dream job. What we need to do is put this sucker into syndication so that you can do this forever. Well, I know. That would be, that would be really clever. You know, we, do, we don't know. We'll have to see. All right. Well, you meet with your people. Make sure Toronto's on the roster for next season. Well, I shall do. And uh, worst case scenario, you can hook me up with Leonard Cohen and we can... All right, I'll, I'll see what I can do there. We can yeah. film that for your next series. Exactly. We could just do like, a little exclusive. Mm. The word hall meets Leonard. Ooh. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I was <laughs> very well behaved. I'll have to polish my harness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, Leonard would love that. So that's Dom Jolly's Happy Hour, soon to be on Canadian TV and currently on the BBC. Yeah, um, and on Sky in the UK. Um, you know, I think in three or four months it may be on Canadian telly. Beautiful. Good. And uh, what's your uh, exhibition called? 12 Kinetic Portraits of Canadian Writers. And that is uh, happening... In St. John's. In St. John's uh, on... January the 19th. 19th. January the 19th. 2007. Well, hopefully uh, some of our listeners will be able to make it out to... to well, exactly, and they should, and then come and say hello, and we can all have a little giggle and have an extra drink at the bar. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> no, thanks, I'm so proud of you too. <laughs> yeah. Look how far we've come. I may. We've progressed so much. <laughs> yes, we turned drinking from uh, idle pastime to a semi-professional hobby. <laughs> I mean, how can, how can we fault that? <laughs> but somehow you're getting paid for it. Yeah, you need to work on that. I do need to work on that. Well, it's pretty bloody good, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it was very good talking to you. Absolutely wonderful talking to you. And um, my pleasure and, um, yes, it's made my evening. I shall giddily flip through the rest of the evening. Good. <laughs> so anyway, well, have fun and, uh, yeah, thank you very much for calling. And goodbye, Word Hall, and goodbye, Press and Buttons. 
All right, have a good night. And you too. Thanks so much. Take care, Pete. Okay, bye. Bye. We hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode of Air Out My Shorts. No animals were hurt in the production of this episode. If you wish to have a transcript of this show, write into shorts at theitspot.com. You will get a form letter message that says, type it your damn self. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> when are we doing transcripts? I'm not doing it. Are you? No. Fuck. It takes three days to write the damn one paragraph description. Uh, send us your stories. Shorts at theitspot.com. 800 words or less, please. Vote for us on Podcast Alley. Subscribe and review us on iTunes. And uh, join our forums. Theitspot.com slash forums. Download our drinking game and call our audio comment line while it still exists. 305-76-SHOWS. That's 305-767-4697. I need a drink and I need one badly. (laughs) And then it's time to write that masterpiece. Ciao. Bye. Hey, 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 it's Sir Michael. You know, after, you know, Woodhorn personally begged me to call in and say hi to everyone and leave a natural comment line, I figured I might as well. So here's the first 69 episodes of Buttons and Horses. It's going to be my first 69, too, in general, in relations, in, post, in podcasting, and everything, that type of sort. And one of my resolutions this year is to really drink more. I just don't drink enough, you know. And here's to more drunkenness and more debauchery and more everything else that air out my shorts in the year 2007. Anyways, have a good day. Be excellent to each other. San Diego's high school football rule!